I've heard this a lot from other entrepreneurs, you feel like a, a poser or an imposter and you go to these meetups and you meet other founders and they ask about what you're doing and you're like, oh, I'm doing this thing called the dirt. And they're like, what's that? That sounds weird. And you know, you don't have a product yet and you don't have a following and you don't have anything yet other than your idea. And to like say, I'm going to stand behind this idea and see where this takes me. I think that is super hard and super challenging. Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number 200. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs and people who are creating cool companies that serve the outdoors. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Sarah Smith and Kevin Long, who are the co-founders of The Dirt. The Dirt has one of the largest and most reviewed campground databases with over 40,000 campgrounds and 1 million reviews. It is the number one grossing travel app in the iOS store with a new user joining every 26 seconds and over 1.5 million people who visit The Dirt every single month. Sarah and Kevin have built both an incredible community and resource for the camping and RV community. And before getting into this episode, I just have to share this awesome quote from Sarah that I feel epitomizes how so many of us feel when we decide to hit the road in an RV or take a new risk in starting a business. Don't just wait for some magic thing to happen in your life. Make it happen for yourself. I meet people every day who are just waiting for something. Someday I'll move to France. Someday I'll buy a van. Who says you can't do these things now or that you can't be the kind of person who accomplishes your dreams? Life is too short not to give what you want a shot. I love this quote so much. We cover a lot in this episode, like why you need to be problem and not solution oriented when starting a new business, the one rule as it pertains to community development and how this has been the foundation for growing the dirt to millions of users, how to validate your business idea with very little upfront cost. And probably my favorite theme of this whole episode was the importance of starting small and starting now, which is something that kind of is intertwined throughout our whole conversation and not putting things off or trying to overcomplicate the beginning steps, which a lot of us have a tendency to do. I hope you enjoy this episode with Kevin and Sarah from The Dirt. Let's go. Sarah, Kevin, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Thanks, Heath. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. I can't believe you dug out that quote. Yeah, that's my job is just a, I'm a professional creeper around on the internet. Actually, I should not quote that title. That's a terrible title. (laughs) (laughs) I just loved it. I thought that was so good because it's, it's true. I mean, how often do you hear people say, I shouldn't have waited to do this thing? And there's also life circumstances where like my biggest fear is probably that you, you put off doing the things that you want to do, right? Totally. And it's so funny because even with the dirt, we, I don't know, for a good year and a half, we would go camping and we would be like, someone should do this. Someone should do this. You know, and I'm like, well, I guess we should do this. So stop waiting for someone else to do this. And, you know, we were going to build the dirt. And that's kind of how the whole thing started. Let's start, let's start there at the beginning of the story is where did the idea for the dirt come about and what was going, like, what was going on in your life whenever this first kind of started bouncing around the back of your head? Yeah. So, you know, Kevin and I had moved to Oregon, um, loved to camp, but we just really struggled with trying to find a campground online before we would go. And then we would get to a campground and, you know, we'd, we'd spend the weekend next to like the highway noise and we'd be like, man, I just really wish I would have known that site seven is down there next to the river and site 11 is up here next to the highway because that would have made a difference. 
Um, and we kept looking for some sort of an online resource that would help us find that and we just couldn't do it. Um, so eventually we just, you know, like I said, kept saying someone should do this, someone should do this. And we decided we would do it. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that was interesting with us is, and I'm sure couples, uh, you know, around the U S and the world struggle with this, like Tuesday night looking for a campground and it would be like, I would try and then Sarah would try and then we'd be like, Oh, it's your turn to look. Cause you know, he, the biggest problem was limited pictures, videos, and reviews. Right. And that was a big thing that we found. It's like you're checking out a new restaurant. You look on Yelp. You want to see what it looks like. Uh, camping is no different. And so that was the biggest thing that we set out right away is how can we crowdsource the most pictures, videos, reviews, and data points from campers across the country? Um, when especially it's kind of hard to do that because it's not like, hey, look at me. I'm on top of a mountain. Look at how cool I am. It's just a campground. Um, and so how, how can we effectively do that? And that's kind of what Sarah and I set out to do is crowdsource the most pictures, videos, and reviews and data points of campgrounds. Did either of you guys have a technical background? Like what were you doing at the time work-wise? So I've never had a regular job at 18. I um, started my first business, paid my way through college. Um, and I have been doing startups my whole life. Um, so I am in the world of, you know, tech startups. And then Sarah, is, you want to talk about your background? Yeah, I'm totally, didn't do anything like that. I actually worked in international education, spent about 10 years living abroad. Um, and I, I do think that's a that's relevant when doing a startup because Heath, as you know, and as probably lots of your listeners know, there, when you're doing a startup, things change constantly. You think you're doing this one thing and the next thing you're doing another thing. And I think having spent a lot of time abroad and working with um, people who wanted to live abroad, it, it kind of gets you ready for that ambiguity that you're going to face as a, um, a founder of a, a startup. So this, this was your world, Kevin and Sarah, you had this kind of diverse background. Was it intimidating to think about starting this? Well, I, you know, the first thing I did is I just kept talking to people who kept saying they had the same issue um, and that this was a struggle for them too. So I knew it wasn't just me. And then I did a lot of research. I used to <laughs> talk about being a creeper. We'd walk up to people at a campground and I'd always bring like gift cards from REI to say, hey, I'd like to ask you some questions. Here's a $10 REI gift card to say thanks. And we would just start asking questions and talking to people. And then we built a really simple beta site in WordPress, which helped us test kind of the theory that people had this problem. And once we did that, we got people engaged. I'll always remember the first time a stranger sent in a review of a campground and it wasn't a friend, it wasn't a family member, and how excited we were. Yeah, and Heath, I'll jump in and say, the thing I think people make mistakes at that I see when they're trying to do a startup is they want to create like the final thing. And they realize like, you know, the, the old line, you know, walk before you run. There's a lot of information you can get by just going and talking to your camping neighbor next to you. And then there's a lot of information you can get just by doing contextual inquiries, you know, doing phone calls, asking people things, surveying, you know, it's not really, here's this huge technical solution level of fun, but you can find out a lot of information from that. And so what we did is how can we crowdsource the most pictures, videos, and reviews on the dirt? What we did is we created a contest where users submit campgrounds and we gamified it. They submit campground photos, videos, reviews, they earn points for those. 
those points put them on leaderboards. They move up and down the leaderboards. And at the end of the month, they win prizes from outdoor brands. So if you were to go to the footer of uh, the Dirt website or iOS Android app and look for contests, um, imagine every state having a leaderboard, every state having an outdoor brand partner, and you get two points for a written campground review, four points for a, a campground photo, et cetera. Those points put you on leaderboards for that state. Um, people move up and down those leaderboards, and then at the end of each month, we clear the leaderboards, hand out thousands of dollars worth of outdoor gear prizes, shuffle around the brands in different states, and we start again. And we do that month over month. Um, you mentioned beginning your podcast that the dirt had over a million user submitted pictures, videos, and reviews. That was true when we published that uh, a few months ago. We now have almost uh, 1.3 million. Um, so we're continually moving up, but we didn't start with the product we had today. We started with one single leaderboard and we just um, put out some basic Facebook ads to see if people would submit campground photos, videos, and reviews in order to win prizes. And we did it with a very basic product that you do not see at thedirt.com today. And that's, I think, a really big thing is, you know, walk before you run. There's a lot of little things you can do to, to test if this is something um, that people want to do. And we just kept getting signals every step of the way, like people saying, finally, someone solved this online search pain point for camping. What were some of the questions that you guys were asking people when you were walking up to them at campgrounds and handing out REI gift cards? Do you remember? Yeah, I would just I would ask them basically how they found this campsite that they're currently at. Like, what process did you go through? You know, I'd ask them how they normally find campgrounds and what kind of camping they do, trying to figure out kind of their persona. You know, are they a full-time camper? Are they a weekend camper? Just trying to gather as much information as we could. We also actually went into people's homes um, that we we had arranged. <laughs> <laughs> Way to just show up there. And uh, I worked with someone, user experience guy, who we would film people looking for a campground online and kind of have them talk out loud so we could see what they were doing and why they were doing it. And that was a really interesting experience too. And then we compiled all this, all these videos and kind of tried to come up with patterns from that. And, you know, we realized, yeah, people people just really want to have that sort of Yelp sort of experience when they're looking for a campground. They either, at some point in this inter, this in thing that we were filming, they would say, well, this is where I just give up and I just go call my friend. Yeah, and that, happened, that have, happened almost every single time. Every interview, every time we talk to people, every time we film people trying to look for a campground online, it, it, it was really interesting. Heath. It sort of ended with, someone like going from a computer to like, oh, I'm going to look in these old books to like, ah, oh, this is it. This is where I call a friend or people who we interview, you know, we weren't watching them on, on, on interview at a campground. We weren't watching them in front of the computer. They were saying, oh, I call my friend, you know, Jim, who has all these campground sites and knows exactly all the different options. So that was a really interesting pattern that we started seeing. And then we were like, okay, let's solve this online search for campgrounds, not by first creating a directory with campgrounds and trying to do bookings, but let's try to make that thing that we saw, the, hey, I want recommendations. Let's try to make the most recommendations possible. So what we did at The Dirt is, it's kind of like Facebook, except you don't have to sign in to use it. 
you don't have to friend someone to see their profile and um, look through different pictures, videos, and reviews. Uh, it's just a totally open community. And so that was a really big learning early on is people wanted recommendations and we thought let's make it easiest, as easiest as possible for people to get recommendations from other campers. And that's what we did on the dirt. That makes a lot of sense. Do you remember any of the screen sharing tools that you use whenever you went and asked people? Because I've been, I've been in part of some of those kind of UI user design sessions and you could just use like a QuickTime screen share or Zoom or, or I mean, or Loom or something like that. But do you guys remember what you use to kind of record people's screens to see where they were clicking around and things like that? Um, I don't, well, now we have a team who does that sort of thing, and I, I'm not sure what tool they use. Unfortunately, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but back then, we we didn't. This was seven years ago. We literally would just film them with our camera. We weren't using nice. <laughs> that works yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it was very basic stuff, and you know, we just did everything we could to get by cheaply and as easily as we could. One of the other things I read in kind of that long form interview that. Uh, before this episode that you'd mentioned, Sarah, was basically you felt the hardest part of starting the dirt was going from zero to one. And I would say for campground booking that that's absolutely been the case, like getting to the initial product where it touched a customer. And after kind of, you know, there's obviously lots of things you have to learn different growth pains. There's always problems, but there's you can kind of hope for different, better problems as you grow, right? So right. For, the, for the dirt, what would you say was one of the hardest problems that you guys worked through in going from zero to one, like actually having something that people could touch and see and feel? Well, I think, you know, part of it is just not only going that far, but just making the decision to do something is super hard. And, you, and it's kind of like what I said before about, you know, sometimes you just have to do something. But I meet people all the time who have ideas and they tell me about their ideas and I'm like, okay, well, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? And they're like, well, nothing. It's like, well, then that's probably not going to work. So just taking your idea and making the decision, I am going to try something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to start by going into campgrounds and talking to campers. I am going to ask my friends if they know anyone I could talk to, to ask about how they find campsites. Like just that that minute of a step is so hard. And then you feel, and I've heard this a lot from other entrepreneurs, you feel like a, a poser or an imposter. And you go to these meetups and you meet other found up, uh, other founders and they ask about what you're doing. And you're like, oh, I'm doing this thing called the dirt. And they're like, what's that? That sounds weird. And you know, you don't have a product yet and you don't have a following and you don't have anything yet other than your idea. And to like say, I'm going to stand behind this idea and see where this takes me. I think that is super hard and super challenging. I, I'd, I'd add in that I think that is the hardest first step. I think the next hard step, you know, Sarah and I ran a number of different beta tests, ran some, um, you know, the contest uh, leaderboard gamification to crowdsource the most pictures, videos and reviews of campgrounds. I'd say the the next hardest step after we sort of like saw it and had some good results and we're like, people definitely want this, but this is going to be a really hard thing to do. And then taking that big jump of like, okay, we have enough evidence to know we have something here. Let's really go for it. And Sarah started doing uh, the dirt full time uh, for a year and uh, went through the Telluride Venture Accelerator program. So Sarah was one of uh, five companies picked out of hundreds that apply. Um, went out to Telluride, Colorado, spent six months just heads down, 
building the dirt. And at the end of that, it was like, okay, now let's, you know, we're a married co-founder. And uh, I was on an earnout from one of my other startups. Uh, the company that bought us uh, went uh, IPO and, um, you know, it was nice working for a publicly traded company that cushy salary comes in and uh, really comfortable. And I have an amazing co-founder and wife who is like, quit your super cushy job. Let's invest a ridiculous amount of our own money into this thing and have a, you know, two household, zero income family and <laughs> invest money into a tech startup and let's go for it. And um, talk about taking a scary step, Heath. Uh, that was scary. And if you want to figure out how to work hard, um, get to a point where you're comfortable enough to jump off a cliff. It's never really comfortable, but uh, <laughs> you get there and you have no income coming in your house. Uh, you definitely turn up your work level a notch or two. I think one that is scary and also props to you guys because you've done a great job and the dirt is growing like bonkers and new users every 20 seconds as of a few months ago. Maybe it's like every second now. And I, I, I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's just continuing to grow. But props and I also think that there's something to be said early on I feel like there's almost an art to timing when to jump in on something too because somebody may be listening to this and they're thinking oh I've got to I've got to mortgage everything I've got to go all in but to some extent a lot of the entrepreneurs I know they are they're almost risk averse in, in some ways as well because while they're willing to spend a year or two making zero money to build something really meaningful most of the entrepreneurs I know still have like a long-term savings and money in a Roth IRA and, you know, they don't want to touch that. So they may be cash poor for a while. But at the, can you talk to that a little bit too? I don't want to get too far down that route, but I think that that's just worth mentioning for some people. It's like you're taking a big risk, but it's a calculated risk. How do you take a thoughtful risk in that scenario? There's never a super comfortable time. That, that cliff analogy is pretty good. Even if you know you're jumping into water and you're feeling really confident uh, that the water's deep enough to cushion your land, um, it's still scary, right? And at some point you have to do that. Everyone kind of has to figure out how much work they need to have laid in place before they get there. One thing I'd recommend going back to what we said earlier is what can you do before you jump off that cliff, right? Um, might not be big and that be some big sexy tech product, but like what can you do that doesn't cost you anything to go make you more confident to jump off that cliff? What we did with the dirt very different than everybody else out there. We said, we're gonna crowdsource the most pictures, videos, and reviews of campgrounds more than anybody out there. And we had to find investors willing to understand that thesis. Not, we're gonna go um, be a booking software company, not we're gonna go get bookable inventory and start to make campground bookings and make commission. We had a thesis of, we aren't gonna make money for years. What we're gonna do is we're gonna gamify this process we're going to um, get millions of people to give us millions of pictures, videos, and reviews. And then after a handful of years, we'll start to monetize it. It wasn't until this year, Heath, that we started really monetizing the Dirt. So seven years in, we launched the Dirt Pro. And I wonder, Heath, if we could talk a little bit about that and how it feels to finally be monetizing. Yeah, talk a little bit about where you're at now. Yeah, so now after building this foundation, we ha are we have the Dirt Pro, which is it's really a cool product that we're really proud of. And what it is is um, you get for thirty five ninety nine um, a year, you get tools, and then you get these discounts, and that's what the Pro is. 
On the tool side, you get all 45,000 campgrounds available offline. So that's really cool. He's like, if you're in the middle of Colorado and you're driving somewhere with your, your family and you lose phone service and all of a sudden the campground you were going to is full and you don't know what to do next, um, you can then pull up the dirt. And even if you don't have phone service, you can see where the, the other campgrounds are and read re the reviews. So that's, it's, it's a super handy, helpful tool. And the next part of that is trip planner. So you're going from Montrose, Colorado to, I don't know, Bangor, Maine. And you're like, I'd like to drive five hours a day, show me all the campgrounds and gas stations along this route. And the dirt will help you route out this, this, this route, which you can then tweak and edit and be like, oh, I don't really want that campground. I'd like to try this campground. So it's a really super fun tool. And we have some crazy statistics on how many trips have been planned since we launched it, which was about four weeks ago. Do you remember? Kevin? Yeah, so we've, we've already, this is incredible. In four weeks, there's already been 11,500 trips planned that have totaled uh, over 12 million total miles, which is like, I don't know how many times around the earth, but uh, there's a lot of road trips getting planned. This has been one of our like fastest uptick um, features of the Dirt Pro um, out of all of them. Uh, this, this, this trip planner where you can see campgrounds uh, and gas stations along around and plan out your trip. And then the third part of the, the tools part is what we just launched gosh, was it yesterday? Yesterday, <laughs> yeah. Everything's so blurry. Um, so it's it's um, BLM land and national forest land map layers. So you can look at the map when you're looking for a campground and see where the Bureau of Land Management boundaries are or the national forest boundaries are. And for people who do boondocking or dispersed camping, you know, they want to know this is Seriously, we've heard for so long people want this feature. Free camping. Yeah. <laughs> How do I find free camping? Exactly. <laughs> so now um, we, we just added that. And, you know, Kevin and I are super excited to use that. And we, we didn't really, we discovered dispersed camping kind of late, you know, only really this year we've been doing it because campgrounds are, are busy and we want to stay away from crowds. Um, and it's been a really interesting new way for us to camp. So those are the tools associated with the Dirt Pro. And then on the discount side, we offer discounts up to 40% off at participating campgrounds. And then we also offer discounts with the outdoor brands that we work with, which are, are listed on our website. Those are awesome. Congrats on the launch of the, the Dirt Pro. We've been using it in Colorado. It's been incredibly helpful. The app is incredibly fast. And Colorado has been one of the worst states for cellular reception. So being able to download offline maps is amazing. Congrats, guys. Thank you. I'm glad you're using it. I feel yeah. like we get an email like once a week that basically goes along the lines of family of four in, in our van uh, nine o'clock at night, campground full, the dirt pro saved our butts. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I can't even imagine how awesome that is to get those emails. So, and, and what really made this possible, I want to go back a little bit into some of the decisions because I have a few questions around just how you guys decided to approach reviews in a different way, because there are several different review sites out there already that do list campgrounds and there were less, I'm sure when you started the dirt, but how do you feel the dirt has approached it differently than Campindium, Campground Reviews, and some of these other sites that have been around, some of them maybe before, some of them maybe after, but how do you feel the dirt has approached it differently from that perspective? 
feel like that's more of like a investor question because my mind has been in that world. But <laughs> that's totally fair. <laughs> Keith, have you have you heard this theory, the one nine ninety rule, community development theory? One nine ninety. Yeah. No, I haven't. So <clears throat> this is what the dirt has done differently than everybody else out there. We've really, really understood this. This one nine ninety rule, and you can look this up on the internet. But essentially, you know, when you look at online communities, like take an example Yelp. Like I use Yelp once or twice a month, and well, uh, we, we used to. We used to, and um, when we could go to restaurants. Yeah, and uh, you know, I essentially, you know, I would kind of feel guilty because I don't, I don't, I'm not a reviewer. I don't like to review, right? And but I use this thing. I'm like, God, I really should leave a review sometime. The reality is less than 4% of users ever leave a review on Yelp. Less than 4%, even, in sort of, even though it sort of feels like everybody except for you is doing it. And this is the 1990 rule. And it's an important thing to understand if you really want to understand community development. 1% of your online community will, will review. They'll submit pictures. They'll submit reviews. 9% might like those reviews or share those reviews, but they're never going to write a review. And then 90% of your community will do nothing except for belong, right? And uh, what we've understood early on is it's all about the 1%, right? And it's about creating real relationship with the 1%. And what big companies try to do sometimes is they come in and they're like, well, let's throw a ton of money at it. And let's build a bunch of tech and let's get those 90 percenters to review because then we can get so many more reviews. And that's when it big like community development does not work. So what we did early on is we realized who are these one percenters? Who are these people who are submitting reviews who are not our friends or family that we're like forcing to do it um, <laughs> onto our beta site? And we would get on phone calls with those people. Like I, I probably talked to the first 500 to 1,000 people who submitted a picture or a review on the dirt. I would email them and say, hey, I'd love to talk to you. And um, I remember talking to one of our uh, recent or one of our first reviewers and I just had a question for him of like, hey, I'd just love to get your feedback. Like what made you review and how often do you review on other sites and what can we do differently? And I remember him saying to me, and this is like me and Sarah and maybe two other employees were like a four person company, just like barely sort of scraping it by super startup style. And this reviewer said to me, Kevin, I got to be honest with you. I can't believe I'm on the phone talking to you right now. And <laughs> that was so funny for me because I'm like, God, we're just like this super small startup. But then I started to realize like, oh, people's vision of this company, the dirt, they see it. They, they, it looks like it's bigger. And um, for me, it was just like, hey, this is what community development is all about. It's actually understanding that 1%. And those one percenters, we've built our entire platform around what they want. We focus our mobile apps around what they want. We built our contests and improvements around what they want. There's, there's so much a part of the dirt that we don't, unlike other tech companies, you know, we're a, almost a 30 person company now. We don't have, we have one person that does QA out of every, all those employees, only one person, because we have a built in team of QA that checks our tech before it goes live. And that's our community. We pull in our 1% super users. We let them have uh, versions of the app released before they actually go into the public. And they QA our site for us. 
um, we get that feedback and we build them around them. So that's what I'd say is the biggest difference between us and the other sites out there. Like, why does the dirt have 20 million people coming to our site every year? Why is the dirt, you know, you search camping in iOS. Why are we ranked number one when, you know, rec.gov has three times as many reviews as us and they're ranked lower than us. You know, why do we have over a million pictures and reviews? It's because we understand that community development theory of the top 1%. And one thing, Heath, if I could just jump in here, that's been really fun is our, our top users, um, they've been called historically rangers, and now some of them are called legends. But it's been really <laughs> fun to see if they come to Portland, Oregon, where our office is, they will come see us um, and we will hang out with them and maybe go to lunch. Some of them have changed their LinkedIn profile to include being a dirt ranger on their LinkedIn profile or their Instagram page. Um, so it's really, really fun to see these people who are really an extension of our business and our family. And it's, it's really heartwarming to feel this, this community with, with these amazing people out there. I think it's so interesting to hear all the stories of people who have built meaningful companies centered around community elements. There's a really good podcast about the founding of Wikipedia. And essentially, these are people that honestly just want to show up and, and contribute articles. And I consider they're probably similar to that 1%. Like, I've never submitted an edit to Wikipedia. And I'm definitely part of the 90%. I don't leave a ton of reviews unless something is just crazy exceptional and they remind me and I remember and I do it immediately but it's so far and few in between that I'm not I'm not that person but I would assume that when you guys started having conversations with this one percent of reviewers that you realize hey these people are going to leave reviews no matter what but maybe the difference in them leaving five reviews a month and 20 reviews a month is can we can we gamify this? Like, at what point did you understand that that was going to be the key to unlock? Did you try other things to do to get reviews? Or was the gamification and contest giveaway the first thing you tried and it just worked brilliantly? The first thing away with, with a super janky WordPress site with one leaderboard and... Uh, no, we didn't even have a leaderboard. It was a WordPress site. So someone would have to email to me. Oh, that's right. This, this is how we, we didn't have a database of campgrounds or anything. It was just a WordPress site. So I'd put up, um, someone would email there, there me. Was a, there was a map of the U.S. Yes, and they'd email me four pictures, a video, the name of the campground and what they thought of it and where e it was. Emailing a video, dude. <laughs> like, think about that. That's seven, this is seven years ago. And I, and I would post it up as a blog post on this WordPress site. And then on the, the homepage of the WordPress site, we had a map of the United States. And it said, the first person to send me a review of a campground in, in this, in whatever state, uh, well, let's turn the state green and make this map green. And I'll send you, I think it was like a $20 gift card or something. Yeah. Um, and, and our goal for that, Heath, was to try to to fill those states. And we thought, let's just run a beta and let's see if we can get people, strangers, not friends and family, uh, to see our stuff on Facebook or Google and actually submit emailing us pictures, videos, review, and a campground. And let's see if we can get one in each state. Let's even get 50 people to submit the reviews. And it didn't take more than two and a half months that we filled the whole state. And Sarah and I just looked at each other and we were like, we have a business here. Yeah. People want to read, people are hungry for a solution for this. Maybe not 
the business wasn't maybe necessarily me manually putting in blog posts as campground reviews, but it was the first beginning part of what we knew we wanted to do. Yeah. And I'd welcome anyone to go to the footer of the dirt website where it says contest, click on that. And you can see what it looks like seven years later, right? With like dozens of outdoor brands giving away thousands of prizes. Every state has its own leaderboard and it's not even just about prizes. You win a scout badge in your first review. If you win a contest, you become a ranger. Rangers can become super rangers by becoming legends by submitting more. We have an all-time leaderboard. We have dozens of badges. And what we also found out over time is it wasn't just about like, hey, I'm going to win a $100 gift card you know, to this outdoor brand. It's really a lot of like people's profiles on the dirt is becoming their journal. And this is one of the most powerful things in our community development that we realized is that once someone takes their pictures from Facebook and Instagram and their computers and their phones and they upload them into a contest, those pictures, videos, and reviews are all living on their profile page. So these profile pages become someone's journal. So like Keith, you can go into the dirt and you can look up Colorado and you can look up the top five reviews in Colorado and you can see what are they saying that's cool places to go camping. Um, And everyone kind of likes something different. So you kind of find personas that match what you want and you're able to see that. And that's a really big piece of it of people, their profile pages basically coming their entire camping journal, their entire camping history. It's cool to hear the evolution of how far that's come and where it is today. There's also a website that I can't think of it off the top of my head, but going back to what the early context looked like, where you can see what the history of any website looked like at a different date. (laughs) So I know people, yeah. So I guess if you want to go look at the dirt back in the day to see the first contest, I always think that that's one of the most encouraging things when you look at startups and it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of this interview. If you see a company that's in its fifth or 10th year, it's easy to get discouraged or think, you know, wow, their website looks so clean. Their user experience is so good. They have this big team. But going back to look at, hey, this was just Sarah and Kevin working on this idea with a couple of people. And they had this WordPress site where Sarah's like manually throwing in videos and photos. Like that to me is the really encouraging part. And it's, you know, I would assume it's the same for a lot of other people as well. Well, and there's no other way to do it really. You know, this is, that this is, you. it's baby steps. It's a million billion baby steps. Yeah. I remember I talked about it on the podcast, but it was like going from zero to one in our, from campground booking perspective, when we launched with our very first park, she let us know two days in advance that she expected about 500, just like Cavalier, she said it as a side note, about 500 people should book, you know, in the first day or so. And I just, we just kind of all looked at each other. We're like, oh, like, we're about to like, we ended up having to shut it down because of so many people on the site. We had been focused on the features that the servers just like we hadn't spun off a Kubernetes server system yet. And it was just like for the next two or three days, it was me and my two co-founders and we're just calling all these like end customers helping. Like we sorted through it. We still have that customer today, but it was, you know, you just, there, like you said, you put one brick down and you kind of build the foundation and you keep going from there. The last thing I want to say, when did you guys start the dirt? What year? 2013. 2013. I think one thing I take away from hearing your story is when you start with a problem instead of a random solution that you're trying to throw at something, there's so many different ways to slice it and still build a business. Like you guys 
wanted to solve the problem of finding campsites. And for us, when we hit the road in 2014, after a couple of years, it was like, man, I want to help. I want to try to figure out how to figure out a better way to find and book campsites. And I kind of looked through that lens. And instead of talking with campers, I started talking with campgrounds. I would just go into the front office and ask them like, why aren't you using online booking? Why aren't you taking online reservations? And, and it kind of, put me down this different path, but it was still problem oriented instead of solution oriented. You know, Kevin and I both meet with a lot of different founders here in Portland and, you know, we're in founder groups. And it's, I always say, if you're, you, you gotta be solving a problem or it's really hard to make a business work because you, you have to be doing something that people need. And if you're not, then it could be really tough. And it keeps evolving. You know, like we started out and said, hey, let's go crowdsource the most pictures, videos, and reviews at campgrounds around the country in the U.S. And we did that. And then, you know, we're still doing that. But then we're also like, hey, what are the next steps? And, you know, that's an example of the Dirt Pro we were just talking about where users who upgrade to the Pro subscription for the year get the next layer that helps them, right? They get um, the offline uh, campgrounds and reviews, they get the road tripper feature, they get the free camping boundary maps. They, and this is, you know, this is sitting on top of the most pictures, videos, and reviews submitted by users across the country, sitting on top of the number one ranked um, app for camping in the iOS store. And then again, it's like when you're focusing on, you know, what is this problem we're trying to solve? we're able to continually layer on top of that as we evolve, which is pretty fun. Yeah. I love that. I know we could talk for a long time. I just have a couple kind of more rapid fire questions for you guys. What is one of the biggest mistakes, either of you could answer this. What, what was one of the biggest like mistakes you made when getting the dirt off the ground and what did you learn from it? I know you hit a home run with the gamification, but was there anything you did that you just kind of looking back on it, you're like, I would have probably done that differently. Thinking it would take three years or two years to get to where we're at now. Yeah, I, I think we had this really wrong perception that this would be much faster than it was. And maybe for another company, it could have been faster, but the way we did it, it, it took a while because building a community takes a long time. Um, and I don't think either one of us understood how long all this was gonna take to get the dirt to where it is now. And I remember early on, would you know back in these beta sites and people would look at them and they'd be like huh and i'm like really this isn't my dream this isn't what you're looking at now isn't what i imagine the dirt to be someday oh, man. i remember saying that for years oh for years being like no this isn't it this it's coming it's coming this is just a part of it and we're gonna build on it you know and now to get to the point where it really it it is something i'm just really proud of and excited to use myself feels really good but it just takes it takes a long time. Yeah, I'd say when you're when you're raising money as a start tech startup, at least uh, you know raise as much as you can because <laughs> you're going to need twice as much as you think. Within reason. Within reason, and think about your um, time and whatever you think it's going to take. Just triple that because that's what it's going to actually take. A great reminder. Uh, what was the best book that you guys have read this year? I don't know if you're readers or. Well, it has nothing to do with startups but where the crawdads sing i love that book and it was great and i i don't read i i tend to try to disappear when i read so go into a world i'm not a part of so i don't read startup books unless i have to so that's wise i've really struggled to read business books like the past year or two because i feel like i'm living so much of this every single day so it is kind of nice to escape yeah, the last is. question the last question i have is 
more of a um, kind of random one, but I'm interested to hear. Do you guys have a favorite listing on the dirt? Mm. A favorite campground listing? Yeah. Yeah. If you go to Sarah's profile and you can search Sarah Smith and you go to her profile page and uh, the most recent review from us camping last weekend is in uh, National Forest Land it's or in, BLM Land? Uh, it's in National Forest Land, Sously. I'm not sure how you even say it, but it's, it's going towards the Oregon coast and it was a dispersed camping spot that we discovered. It was incredible. And we just got a cricket camper, which is really fun. We've always been tent campers, but now we have this little pull behind camper. And it, we, we found this little logging road and we thought it might go on for a long time, but it only went on for like two minutes. And we parked our cricket down at the dead end and it kind of overlooked this beautiful forest. Epic cliff, oh. super deep, super tall trees, no one around. Um, so I'd welcome anyone to check out our favorite listing on the dirt, which was, you can add backcountry sites on the dirt.com and uh, it's on Sarah Smith's profile. And then other places, I love the Clackamas River in Oregon. So there's a bunch of sites down along the Clackamas River where we actually used to go. That's kind of where the dirt was born down there in those campgrounds. And that's when I started being like, I wish someone would do something about this. And, and he, this is total community development of like having an open community, which is pretty rare in the social media world, where now any of your listeners in Oregon want to go check out some great recommendations from the founder of the dirt go look at the founder of the dirt, Sarah Smith's profile, right? Um, on the dirt, it's an open community. You don't have to friend someone. It's not some gated community. Um, it's just totally open. And that's one of the really fun things we love about the dirt is it's millions of people working together to just solve this online pain point of looking for campgrounds. I love it. Well, I was going to ask a good place to connect with you guys online, but I'm just going to link up to both of your dirt profiles if that's okay. <laughs> and we'll go. do that. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. It's been awesome. A huge congratulations for going from zero to, I would say, maybe seven out of 10. I don't know where you're at in the trajectory. <laughs> Does It's not like it really matters, but congrats yeah. on building an amazing resource for the camping and RV industry. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Well, thanks, Heath. We really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And um, yeah, thank, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's been good to connect. Appreciate the time. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with Kevin and Sarah from The Dirt. If you were an RVer or avid camper, I can't recommend downloading this app enough. If you want to get a 10% discount and try out using The Dirt, you can go to heathandalyssa.com forward slash The Dirt and get 10% off and download this app that's going to help you find awesome campsites and make your life better while you're traveling around in the RV. <laughs> but seriously, you should definitely do it. And uh, that is all for today's episode. Thank you guys again for joining me today on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. <laughs>